Hey, and uh, welcome back to Rad Country. I am your only host today as Justin is uh, at work. And uh, I had a, a spare hour here. So uh, we have an awesome guest this week. Uh, Shane Raymer, my buddy from out in California, is on here. Shane is also a uh, sobriety champion um, right alongside of me. And uh, he, he actually does a lot more for the uh, community as far as the sober community goes. He holds a lot of uh, podcasts with his podcast, the Sober Guy Podcast, which uh, you can find him on Instagram at, at that sober guy. Uh, and probably, I don't know, you have Facebook, Shane? I don't have Facebook. Uh, it's at that sober guy podcast on Instagram. That's probably probably the best way. And then... Uh, at the website www.thatsoberguy.com. Yeah, right. He does a lot for the uh, sobriety community. He he has a lot of uh, stuff on Locals, which is another app that mm. I'm actually a part of as well. Where there's a men's group. Um, there are different AA meetings that right AA meetings that you hold. You know, I, I don't I don't host any specific AA. We do have some listed, and I, I have a lot of different connections to different online meetings as well as in person. But we actually do a Wednesday uh, sober guy men's meeting, so it's not specific to AA. It's really just, I mean, a lot of the guys in there are sober or or trying to you know cut out alcohol. But the really the the main focus of that is to find some freedom from alcohol and really raise the consciousness level as men. And become better men, become better fathers, better um, husbands, or or entrepreneurs, or that whole thing. And for me, it starts. It started eight years ago when I cut out alcohol from my life. So, um, yeah, a lot, lot of good dudes in the locals uh, sober guy uh, locals group. So if you're a dude out there and you're looking for some community of some other good men, um, man, that, that's a really good place to start. Yeah, and you have some awesome guests, too, on their guest speakers. Um, I know last night you had Dave Buckner, uh, the uh, previous drummer for Papa Roach, right, as the uh, yep. guest guest speaker. And I was really, really disappointed that I missed that. Um, we actually had a speaker last night um, trying to think of what his 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 he was a, a previous music marketing guy that was our oh, um, headline speaker. Um, and he kept making uh, Papa Roach jokes on stage because that's the, uh, I guess, the generation he he was raised in. Whenever he was marketing music, <laughs> oh and I was no like, way! Oh, that's well, funny. wow, rub it in, man, that I can't uh, I go know. do what else I'm <laughs> I'm wanting to do. Yeah, but, yeah it, was uh, good, it was it was a good meeting. It was fun, man. Dave, Dave's a buddy of mine from back in the day because Papa Roach is from here in Vacaville, so uh, they're they're a couple years older than me. But um, I started going to those punk rock shows. And uh, kind of in, you know, like hardcore metal and stuff back in, in the 90s. And so we all kind of grew up together in, in the music scene. And uh, it's been great. A lot of them, including Jacoby, too. And, and Jerry was uh, was always straight edge. Uh, but uh, a couple of the guys, a lot of the guys in the music industry, man, I, I'm in meetings with a lot of them. And, um, you know, they, they've had rough lives like a lot of us in the beginning and then found a path um, that that they got on that uh, provided some relief from having to use alcohol, drugs, any substances really to kind of deal with life. So it's, it's been fun. Yeah, for sure. I know that, you know, you have some pretty awesome, like Matt, Mike Catherwood and has come on, uh, on your podcast, oh, just yeah. like some, some bigger name dudes, you know, like uh, that, you know, 
are definitely interesting guys to hear yeah. the story because because you you know you try to find I guess all of us at some point or another have sat back and idolized certain people and then you find out oh they have this strange story that makes it even cooler to say hey I, yeah you know I, I idolized this guy growing up I'm really glad I did and then there's some you're like I wish I'd never idolized that person <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> that's funny that's a good point too like as a kid you know a lot of us we had idols you know what I mean we had visions we had dreams and stuff like mine when I was young was I, I love baseball, so I'm coaching my son's little league team. I'm coaching my daughter's softball team right now. I love just watching baseball. I love the game, the strategy. I played it. My first words were bat and ball. As a I mean, my mom says that. So your first words were bat and ball. I'm like, all right, I love baseball, you know. And as a kid, I wanted to grow up and be a baseball player. And then that transitioned in uh, in my teens after I kind of started drinking and stuff. And that transitioned into, well, I'm not going to play baseball anymore. I like mess my shoulder up. I want to be in the music business, you know, uh, which is another tough business. But at that time as a kid, I really fell victim to the social kind of the social indoctrination, I would say, of media and the um, uh, the the concept or the idea that in order to, quote unquote, make it or be somebody, you need to be like famous and rich and like do crazy shit. And, um, you know, so whether that was in sports or whether it was in music or entertainment or whatever it was, there was this idea there. And then you couple that with somebody like myself who comes from a, like a broken home, a chaotic background as a kid who really doesn't have a lot of confidence and is looking for like some approval. Like, man, that was like a recipe for disaster for me because I I felt like I had something to prove so bad and I wanted to be heard. But at the same time, I had no identity. I had no ability to recognize like who I was as like a, a, a young man or a boy or a young man. And then when I got into my 20s, I was like, who am I? And so I don't know how to deal with feelings, period. And so I just drank about it, man. That, that's just what I did. I used other drugs in the process, but alcohol was always kind of the foundation. And um, it wasn't until I was 32 I had tried a few times to stop along the way, uh, but I, I finally had, had just had enough, man. I was just so tired. I knew God had something bigger for my life, and I wanted to see what that was. And not only my life, but my family's life, my kids, my wife. I wanted to break that generational curse. And so I finally pushed my chips in and went all in. And, uh, man, it's been the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. But as soon as I cut that shit out, cut out alcohol and got some help, um, you know, it's been a long road of a lot of ups and downs, but it's, it's, it's changed the whole trajectory of not only my life, but my family's too, which has been amazing. That's awesome, man. And I think like I was listening to, uh, one of your episodes the other day and you were kind of talking about, uh, the, the topic was, um, listening more, talking less, becoming a better mm -hmm. listener than, uh, somebody who's yeah. actually talking. And I kind of took that to heart because I always am, you know, I guess always kind of grading myself as far as like how I am as a citizen. <laughs> and uh, if, if, if my, uh, you know, if, if people were actually hitting the like button on who I am as a person or not, I guess, or if I am. And so I took that to heart. I was, I was thinking about that a lot. You know, it kept me up that night. I was like, who, who am I in, as far as in that realm goes, which was a big one. And then I don't know if you brought it up or who I was talking to, but there was a couple of things where uh, I think you might have brought in 
about being in social situations and how much of a crutch it is for people that aren't sober to mm. drink at social events and to, oh, it's just, you know, we're always blasted in the face with that. You're not a man if you don't do this or this. And yeah. Yeah. I think people people think they are joking at, at the time, but like to guys like maybe you and I, we can handle it, but it does to to our core at some point. We're sitting there going like, man, you're a real piece of shit because you know who I am. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, not everybody understands the whole process. And I think that honestly, and maybe you can chime in on this too and give me your perspective on like the whole sobriety thing, right? Because I've, I've gone to, I'm hitting about to hit six years here in like a nice, couple of man. weeks. Congrats. Thank you. Which yeah, is, awesome. which, I mean, you could, you would probably totally agree. Never would have thought I would get to this point in my life. Um, oh. I always thought I would be the guy that was still getting, you know, obliterated, wasted beyond anybody else that was at the party. Um, and, yeah throughout my life. And all of a sudden I decided that it wasn't for me anymore. But the, the fact is that I see um, more as I'm around people who are drinking because it is regardless, we're not going to not be around it. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And as much as you can set up, you know, parachutes and try to set set yourself up to not fail in those situations, you're going to be around it. And Mm -hmm. I think my concern is that you look around a room of people who are drinking and maybe some are having a good time. But 90 percent of the time you see in people, you can tell in the room the loneliness in the people's eyes who are struggling with what they're doing. Yeah. Would you agree that it's there? Yeah, it's a good it's a good, it's a really good, um, good point and topic. And yeah, I mean, I, I would, because like, I'll get that question a lot. Oh, you don't drink. And I can always tell real fast who from asking me that question wishes they could do the same thing and they can do the same thing. They just have to make a decision to do it. But most people I've found don't drink because they love alcohol. They drink because of either social anxiety. They drink because they have past issues they never dealt with. Um, they they drink because it's a it's become part of the lifestyle. They don't really know themselves. They don't know how to have fun without it. And so it becomes this thing. Like I never really liked alcohol. I didn't even start drinking. Like I drank. I mean, I drank like in high school. I just did a podcast the other day. I was telling this story going to. Uh, like playing baseball and stuff. And, and with my, I was on my buddy, Pete, uh, the payoff with Pete, man, which great podcast, by the way, too. Good, good, uh, guests and all kinds of good recovery stuff. Um, but I, I, we would play baseball. And then after the games, like my buddy, Rick, he was always the spot that, um, you could go to after the games in high school and, and his mom was cool. And like, we would drink. And then sometimes we'd go to the park, we'd pick up a couple of cases of natty ice and we'd go hang out and drink and stuff, right? And, like, back then, it was kind of fun at that time. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. Like, it wasn't really an issue then. We probably – it wasn't the best decision. Obviously, I pray to God my son doesn't end up doing that. But that's his own path. And, um, you know, now – when I look back on that now and I know some of those same guys, and I know in particular a couple of them. And one of them is my buddy uh, who's now nine, nine months sober, you know, which is awesome. But a couple of those guys – they want to stop. They, they would like to do that. And this goes with random dudes I meet too, but it's, it's so socially acceptable. Like you said, you're never going to get away from it. It's, it's everywhere. 
And so I think when we realize that alcohol is not really the problem, it's actually me that's the problem. It helps to alleviate some of that stuff. And then we, and then we set up tools and, um, you know, a strategy, put that in place to help navigate life. Because like you said, you're never going to get away from that shit. It's there, but you have to be willing, you know, to, to go all in and, and, and to make that commitment. And then once you do that, there's ways to, to kind of go about it. And it's not easy, although it's not easy by the way, either. Like you said, you almost have six years. You and I have had some great conversations at, on, on both of our struggles. So I've struggled with shit. You've struggled with shit. We've reached out to each other at different times. And so that's a part of it too. But that's where that comes in, that, that fellowship, that friendship, mentors, sponsors, whatever you want to call it, where we have accountability to each other, you know, to, to a community of other dudes. And that I think is what sets most dudes apart. Like my buddy Ray, I mentioned, yeah. we're in a, uh, we're in a great mastermind group on Thursday mornings. There's six of us. And, um, and, and he happened to jump in. I put it together last August and I didn't really know where it was going to go, but I knew it was something that needed to happen. So, um, you know, that was the start for him and we're nine months in and, and he's, and it's not just specific to sobriety, it's entrepreneurship, it's relationships. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a, a melting pot. There happens to be a lot of us who don't drink in there too. More, I think almost all of us. Um, and, uh, you know, so for him, what I, what I was getting at here for him, the, I asked him, I said, what's the biggest thing that you've been able to cut out alcohol? Like, what has it been? And he doesn't do 12 step. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Um, he said the accountability and having the support of you guys in the group and knowing that you guys are doing it and that I have support if I need something, which he has needed to reach out. That's been the most pivotal thing for him um, to be able to cut out alcohol and start making these changes in his life. So, I mean, that's huge. But yeah, I think the majority of dudes, you talk to them, there's probably a lot of them that would say, you know, I would like to go 30 days without alcohol and see what it's like. But how, how do I do it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, right. That's the thing. Well, it's, it's kind of like the, the analogy of like one foot in, one foot out of like the 30-day stuff. Like I think I listen to like Joe Rogan and all those guys and they talk about the 30-day yeah. the sober October stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool, man. Try six years or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. it, it's yeah. a lot harder than 30 days. But because... <clears throat> Cause then there's a finish line, right? Cause you're, you're thinking of it like, Oh, I, all I gotta do is get to the, like with us, it's like, yeah, I've always got to create these things in my head to make sure that I don't have a finish line. Cause as soon as I get over that, you know, that, that hit that tape at the end, then I'm like, sweet, let's go buy a six pack and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's that reward. So that, that's kind of that reward uh, mentality, right? Like I, I worked a long ass day today. I mean, I used to be like, I, I worked and then I just couldn't even stay sober at work by, by towards the end. But at one point it was like, Hey, I worked hard. You hear this a lot of guys. It's, in, it's built in, in the culture, work my ass off. I'm gonna come home and have a few beers, you know? And if you're not abusing it, you don't have an issue. That's probably not a problem for a lot of dudes either. So I always like to point that out. Like some, some dudes can do that shit and have a beer and be cool. But a lot of the dudes that I ran with, we can't do that shit. Like it's no. like it's an issue, you know? So I think identifying that obviously comes first, but, um, I, I, I'll say this too. And I can't, I don't, can't remember if I, if we had had this convo, but I've talked about it a few times on the podcast, I think lately too, is like where the term alcohol comes from. It's actually really interesting. 
I just learned this within the last year. So if you look up al- alcohol, it's actually A-L-K-U-H-L, and it's Arabic. And it means body-eating spirit. And so when you see things, when they say, oh, spirits, cocktails and spirits, that's kind of where that comes from, some of the background. And yeah. they used alcohol for, th- for years, hundreds, thousands of years to suppress consciousness. So like w- when, when I, I always felt like I didn't know who I was until I finally quit drinking, right? And I didn't because the reality that I was living in, it wasn't the present state reality that I was actually experiencing because my, my consciousness was suppressed by mainly alcohol, but then also other substances and drugs too. I was just not, I didn't, I was unable to feel. And so when we talk about growth as men, as human beings, I'm really learning lately, like there's so much more to it as in, in, in this like natural state and learning about myself, learning how to be a good leader, a good coach, a good father, a good husband. And like, I can't do any of that shit if I'm abusing um, uh, drugs and alcohol, because I'm just not in, I'm not in my conscious state at that time. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I think yeah, that the, the yeah, totally. background on it is pretty interesting, you know? Yeah, it totally makes sense because I mean, just what you're talking about, it's like, Oh, I had a, a long day. I earned this or whatever the case may be. Um, I deserve yeah. to do this. Well, that's like, that's me going home and paying more attention to zoning out than paying attention to like my family or in my kids totally. and, and, and all of that. And so I think that whenever I'm in a situation, which more times than I would like in a situation where I'm like, I'm around it or listening to a certain podcast or whatever the case may be. And it triggers things for me. And I'm like, I need to fucking get out of this right now because yeah. if if I don't, I picture everything I'm going to have to get rid of in order to support mm. this fucking yeah. daily habit that I used to have. And, and it's crazy because you think of, you know, as you mature in your sobriety, what you do, you start maturing, you start to put these fail safes yeah. in place. Um, and you think of, man, okay, so I picture my kid's face every time that somebody's like, oh, you don't drink? What's the deal, man? Like, and they don't understand. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe I should just to be, you know, so they don't, it's not weird. Um, <laughs> and then I'm, yeah. I picture my kid's face and I'm like, he's way more fucking important than this situation yeah. is going to be for a few minutes. Totally. Right? Dude. That's, that's knowing like, that's knowing values, what's important. Like that's the, that's the why, I guess. I mean, and there's a lot of whys. It could be our family, our kids, our health, but we really got to find the why. Um, and I continue to find whys. I mean, the main ones are my, my health, my family, uh, because I love what I get to do. And kind of like you said, I, there, there'd be a lot that I had would have to give up if I ever went back to that. Um, but even to your point of like zoning out, like, so how do we deal with stress, right? That's like the next thing, because that's alcohol is a tool that a lot of dudes use to deal with stress. It helps you relax. It helps you wind down. You don't have to feel, you can kind of numb out. Um, there's like, I'm still guilty of doing that in other ways. Like Amazon, for instance, like I I'll shop like shit. I'll, I'll find myself <laughs> laying in bed, like scrolling on Amazon, looking at shit that I don't need, but that I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm numbing out, you know? And I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with it to an extent, as long as like we're aware of it and I'm aware of it, but we find 
we find ways to deal with stress, whether we like it or not. And so I think the awareness part of it is the first thing. I'd much rather, you know, scroll on Amazon for 30 minutes than go drink a bottle of vodka. But at the same time, it could get to a point where if I'm spending too much money or, you know, like anything could be an issue is what I'm saying. Um, It's not just alcohol. So it's, it really comes back to being able to be in the moment and be present with who I am as a man, as a dad, as just a person um, and being able to feel stuff, which I really struggle with still uh, feeling. I mean, that's why I drink. I don't like feeling shit. Like my wife will have something on a movie or so we want to watch this. And I'm like, oh man, is that one of those like feel movies? Like, no, nah, hell no. I don't want to watch. I don't feel like feeling. You know? <laughs> I want yeah. to watch a comedy or something, you know? And I think right. the, the, I think the best feel movie I watched recently that was actually really good was that I think it's called American underdog, the Kurt Warner story. Okay. Have you seen that? It's, it's really good, it man. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's the title of it. It just came out within the last year, but that was really good. There was some feel, some feel good parts in there and stuff too, but. I guess I could handle that, that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little different, you know, you got to do it sober. <laughs> right. That, uh, that's the big one too. And like, it was kind of cool. You like, there's, there's people that I'm reconnecting with now in my life that I lost through alcohol mm. basically Yeah. Um, made decisions that were really shitty to people. Um, yeah. And so as you know, too, you have to kind of like, you can apologize and say, Hey, I'm sorry. And then you kind of have to let it go. Um, yeah. and then it's going to be kind of like what it is, what it is. And, yeah. and there's people that are coming back into my life now that I'm like, Oh, thank God. I'm so glad that you accepted my apology and that yeah. we can reconnect now. Um, I don't feel like I owe people anything though. Um, I don't, I, I haven't felt like I owe anybody anything except for to say, Hey, that was a, I was in a different point in my life. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm moving on. You can come with me or you can stay where we knew each other um, and judge me that way. But I just, I just am trying to get myself out of the mindset because for a long time, man, I think I did hold it that I owed a lot of people everything. And, you know, Mm, if you look back and trace back, fall kind of the footsteps back to where that was derived from, uh, it goes back to like, oh, well, my, how you were raised, my dad always made it to where like, oh, if you do something bad to me, you owe me something. And it's like, it wasn't always bad what I did. Maybe in your book, what I, you know, what you would consider bad, but not to me, you know? Yeah. And if if I apologize, sometimes that should be enough. Um, And so there's more people coming in, but also then there's new people that are coming into my life uh, that are struggling with alcohol at this moment and I'm having to pick and choose whether or not I want to be associated with it, which yeah. is super fucking hard because people, you know, in not to beat up the whole sobriety thing here, but I mean, it, it's, it's not easy and it's not a decision that everybody makes the first go around like in sticks with. Them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, for instance, there's just a guy recently that uh, a family member of his reached out and said he's yellow and, you know, he's on, mm, wow. he's, he's in the late stages uh, of cirrhosis. And I'm mm. like, fuck, do I really want to be a part of somebody dying? I mean, cause that's ultimately 
unless they made a change today, that's what's going to happen. Well, not, not someone that needs like professional care. That's someone that needs a doctor. He needs to be in, you know, he needs some like real professional help. You know what I mean? Like maybe in a hospital, like something. I mean, that, that sounds serious. That's the way I would see that. Oh yeah. And I don't know if you're like me, but so back in the day, a uh, long time ago, whenever I was still drinking heavily, I would watch um, those shows, the addiction shows, where they would take people's oh, yeah. people's life as they were addicts, and then either they just stayed doing it or it, whatever the case may be. Was it intervention, intervention or intervention? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did a podcast with those guys in Nashville um, with uh, John um, and. Uh, uh, man, I'm totally drawing a blank on his name, but he passed away actually a year, year or two ago. Great dude. Uh, and Ken, it was Ken, uh, Seeley. Yeah. And he, he was on there and they had some, man, that work. I, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like that no, was okay. so hard, bro. Yeah. So I, I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. I, I do remember watching it and it's heart wrenching. Some of those stories, man. Oh, dude, I would watch, um, episode after episode while drunk and think, be be fucking crying (laughs) like hey i'm this guy how do i fix this and then i'm texting people like help me you know like oh no way um but that's what i'm that that was what triggered in my mind whenever i got this text about like or this phone call about like hey can you help my you know my family member yeah and i'm like i don't want to watch you know an episode of intervention in real life uh, you know, yeah. that's, that's hard to do. Uh, but there was one, there's always one that kind of triggers in the back of my mind, a guy that was um, drinking like a fifth of vodka, two or a couple fifths of vodka a day um, and would just barely get out of bed, blah, blah, blah. You, you've, you've seen the stories or heard the stories. Uh, and that's what I pictured. But instead of this guy saying like, Hey, I have jaundice and, and I have cirrhosis yeah. and all of this. I'm going to go. I need to go to a hospital and have people take care of me. He just kept drinking because it's like that's all they knew. Yeah. And then, and then your esophagus is gone and your fucking stomach lining of your stomach's gone and all this stuff. And then you die a fucking horrible death that I'm mm. sure is like Terrible. the worst, worst case scenario for your family members. Uh, but I'm sure you've been in those situations before where somebody's reached out to you at those stages. Have you? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I haven't had one of those in, in a while though, man, like where it's just like serious, serious metal, but we've had some serious, I mean, I've had some serious ones like where they need treatment. Um, but I haven't really had any that they were like near death. I would say, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying that, that, I mean, yeah, there's probably plenty of people struggling like that right now. And it's super sad. Um, I think for me, that's one of the reasons. So with sober guy, we have, we're partnered with promises, behavioral health out of Nashville. Uh-huh. And so like, I, I love that. And I love, I love the folks at promises Carly, um, Kathy just retired recently, but um, you know, I, I worked with them through, I met them through foundations who was a sponsor of ours, um, a, a few years back. And so I, that's how I started getting into like podcasting live at conferences. And this was all pre COVID before the, the conference industry kind of came to a, a halt. Hopefully it starts up again here soon, but, um, 
you know, so I had these relationships built. It wasn't just like, oh, here's another company, you know. So it was it was really great. Like we we built relationships. Like I know the people, and so a lot of them moved over to Promises, which we still work together, which is awesome. So when those serious situations come up like that, like that's stuff that I, I'm not a doctor, you know what I mean? I'm just a dude from NorCal who like struggled, and I happen to have um, you know some experience firsthand, and I love helping people, and I've been able to kind of build around that, a podcast, a small business around it. And um, it really motivate people not, and, and dudes in particular, not just to quit drinking, but like to find purpose in their life. Like that's, that's my goal, you know? So when it comes to the, you know, the, the real depths of like the medical issues of alcoholism, that's not something I'm really capable of handling. And that's right. why I continue to partner and have other resources like promises, meetings, all that stuff. So that I have people that I trust that I can help families and help other people like I can send them to. I can give them a resource to call. I can they they can help find them like professional help, a doctor, a therapist, like that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the way that I not now if it was somebody personal to me, like like a family member or something, um, I would probably take the same approach. Obviously, there'd be a little bit more um a little bit more uh, communication in that and just support and trying to love on them and trying to be, you know, be there for them too. Uh, that's a tough spot to be in. And you can't, you can't help somebody who doesn't want help either. That's the most frustrating thing. I have a couple of family members who are, I love, you know, they're my family, but like they don't want the help or they may want it, but they're not in it. So they're not going to go get it. And they know what I do. They know I have a shitload of resources and community and everything. But I can have all that shit and I can tell them about it till I'm blue in the face, which I don't do, you know, but I could and it wouldn't do a damn thing because they, they don't want the help, you know. So that's I know that, you know, and that's I kind of stay in my lane in that in that aspect. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's kind of to a good point is like I don't go out hunting people that are trying to get sober. It's more mm -hmm. of like I, I get messages randomly and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. If you need a resource, I can give you a resource. Um, yeah. I, yep. I'm not a doctor by, by any means whatsoever. And <clears throat> I think I have recently looked into a little bit of, of uh, trying to understand what kind of certification you do have to have in order to like help people like technically, like aside yeah. from, aside from just like, Hey, a text or a call or whatever the case may be. Um, and it goes down a rabbit hole pretty quick on all the stuff that, that, the certifications and everything else but that's why i'm like like who's like who's certifying this shit like yeah. i'm certified from experience that's why i'm like I, that's why i think and this is no slight to like college or anything but it's like oh because I, I and and i know this from experience not from my own experience but from family members and friends who've for first-hand experience they've told me and i see it i go you know spend all this money to get certified or this degree and and then like you're talking about book smarts, which I think is important, but also what about that experience? Like you have teachers who are teaching kids shit who have never experienced that. They're just teaching it and they're teaching it because they get a paycheck versus somebody who's experienced it, who's actually been through it, who probably understands it and relates to it a lot better, therefore can share their experience and teach it better, who, who doesn't have that you know, experience. So I, I'm not saying necessarily one is necessarily better than the other. Um, I'm just saying that I don't really agree. And I'm not saying that you were implying that you do either. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. I don't agree personally with the fact of like, 
oh, I need someone to certify me and tell me that like, I'm good enough to do this. Shit. Obviously a doctor, if we're going to become a doctor, that's a hundred, that's a lot different. But right. I see a lot of people, I'm a certified, you know, this, I'm a certified that. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't get it because you're right. It does go down a rabbit hole and you, and you spend a ton of money on that shit. And it's like, what is that? Like what? Okay. Can anybody do this? Like, I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of confusing to me too, man. Right. Yeah. You're like, I can spend $150 and become a, uh, a minister so I can do weddings. <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> But that exactly. doesn't make me yeah. religious. I mean, you it, know, it doesn't exactly. That's a great analogy too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause funny. I, I always thought too, it's like, I would ra- rather listen to a guy who experienced world war two, tell me stories than to yeah. watch, watch a documentary by Oliver Stone or something like that. Cause you know, they're going to yeah. give me a firsthand experience and I'm going to feel it exactly. uh, rather than, you know, just get the, uh, the trailer of what happened. Yeah. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> Well, if yeah, you're going to the shooting range, do you want a guy like teaching you who read a book on how to shoot? Or do you want a dude out there who's actually shot, you know? Right. Like, and, and, and you can probably go either way with both. Maybe he's had some book, you know, he's probably had some training and some, um, you know, read up on stuff, um, had mentors, whatever. But like at the end of the day, you want to be taught by somebody who's actually done the shit that you're being taught. I mean, that's what I would want, you know, personally. Um, right. The guy who so, wrote the yeah. book not the guy who yeah. read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, I feel in recently, and one of the big, big reasons why to today, I wanted to, to bring you on too, is because over listening to your podcasts and our conversations and everything else, one of your consistent messages has always been just like, there's a bigger calling for you as a person. There's, there's an ultimate power yeah. that's, that's that's leading you in the direction to find your way find out who you are as a person and as you get older these things make more sense um yeah it's it's kind of like whenever you're a little kid and you're like i want to do this and uh you don't fucking (laughs) know how to do how to do that Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. and then as you get older you're like oh i can be a musician i can be everything that i always dreamed i wanted to be i just have to go do it just gotta do it put in the work but there's been a bigger calling for me recently that's been kind of tugging at me and Hmm. I I would be a fool if I denied it but it's been to be more helpful to others in this field Um, yeah that's awesome man I love it and and more direct and not so much like on a large platform to me um yeah say like hopefully people listen to this to me but it's more of like hey somebody is struggling out there and I have the skills in order to point out whenever they're going to fail or succeed and yep. I need to be there and kind of like the, the fucking Superman um, of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, and so here, here's, here's what I'm getting right now, bro. And you can call it from God or whatever it says. I, I, I feel like I'm intuitive to this. I obviously know you too. I know your background. So that helps of course, but like, as I'm hearing you say this, all I can all I can feel in here is Nick's supposed to help veterans and 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 people in the military, men who are coming back who are struggling. And I don't I don't want to say you're pigeonholed just to that, um, but I think that is that is a great if we look at it from like a you know a niche standpoint. Like you have experience there. The statistics of of soldiers coming home and veterans 
Um, and even first responders who are struggling out there with that, with alcohol, with mental health is gigantic. I mean, it's huge, bro. And so you coming from that experience, having that background, like if I, if I was you and I was thinking about starting something up and I felt this calling on my heart, that's probably where I would start. It, yeah. And and I would just say like, man, like I have a, I have an in here and, and, and some experience where I can really help some dudes in this field and then kind of just let, let it roll out from there. So I don't know if, I don't know if that's something I'm sure you've probably already thought of that or whatever, but that's like what I, what I'm hearing when you're describing that, that's the first thing I think of. Totally, man. And I, I've even, I think there's a book that's in my head that's starting again. Uh, it's great. And I think it's along the lines of like what we were just talking about was like how to deal with situations where you're, you know, you're, you are the, um, you're singled out in a room full mm -hmm. of, of people drinking alcohol or alcoholics or whatever the case may be and how you deal with that, how you navigate that life. Uh, yeah. Because yep. like, like you do the navigating the first 30 days to 60 days to 90 days of sobriety, whatever the case may be. Um, to me, it's like those situations, those high value situations where you, you have to really rely on who you are as a person, because it's, it's one thing to be sober, but it's another thing to be a good person too, on top of sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, because Hey man, I can be totally sober and be able to find myself in a situation where I have to defend somebody's life. But if I'm a shitty person, I'm going to turn around and run. And <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter regardless if you're sober or not. In that, right. Know, really, right. At the end of the day. Yeah. So I just didn't stagger off. I ran off in a straight line. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. That's funny. But there oh, is man. a, there, there's a whole world of men now um and i i struggle with it too because one thing is is like I, I revert back to probably listening to joe rogan or anybody like mm -hmm. that whenever he talks about like being in a situation where you have to defend yourself and how do you know you're gonna what you're gonna do you're not in that situation right yeah on a yeah, right everyone's basis. different yeah right and so not knowing like that side of myself and you put that in any scenario that you are not in on a consistent basis, how, how the hell do you know? Um, yeah. And so, so to me, it's like, Hey, let's build some tools. Let's put, yeah. put, put you in some situations where uh, there's just a lot on the line that decides this is who you are as a person. And this is what yeah. you're going to decide. And let's get you good at that. Yeah. So if, totally. if you find yourself in in those social outings where everything's alcohol driven and related or whatever the case may be, let's put you in that situation where you're offered a drink and let's see what happens. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I would hate to I would I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh shit, you just drank, but <laughs> but, but you need to fucking know like what you're gonna do. Well, exactly. And that, that's where that plan comes in. Like I have a little infographic on the site on it's at that sober .com. It's like, a, um, it's like my, my top four tips on, on how not to drink in social settings, like whether it's a wedding or what, because, and that's kind of what you're talking about right now. Like how we have to set ourselves up for success ahead of time. We need those tools. And so like the first one on there is 
do I have a reason to be there? So if cousin Carl's getting married, you know, and the family's going to be there, hey, that's a pretty good reason to be there, even though there's alcohol. Let's say I'm in my first, you know, six months or first year or even first 30 days. So I'm trying to like cut it out. I'm just, I'm just trying it out for 30 days, but cousin Carl's getting married. There's going to be a full bar. Okay. Let me ask myself. Yes. I have a good reason to be there because my family's there. I want to see cousin Carl get married. Right. Versus like, Hey, some of my old buddies called me up and they're going to go shoot pool, you know, over at the, the bowling alley club over there and they want to hang out, you know, and, but I'm trying to say, so, well, unfortunately that might sound fun, but that's not really a good reason to put myself in a position like that, you know? So I'm not even going to go to that. Now with the wedding thing or whatever it is, yes, I've established I have a good reason to be there. Now I need to establish some other tools when I'm there, you know, yeah. on how I'm going to deal with this stuff. And like for me, like I bring shit, like I bring, you know, Pellegrino or I know what's what's available. Like I'll try to have a drink with me, you know, at, at all times sipping on something. And now it's to the point where I'm, I mean, I just, it's just kind of like second nature anyways, but for someone who's first starting out, those are the types of things that you can do, like having a drink with you, a non-alcoholic drink. Well, it helps you with social anxiety, right? Because you're hanging out a little bit. Now you're okay. It also limits the amount of risk that somebody's going to ask you why you're not drinking. If I have a tonic and water with some lemon in it, who knows? They don't, they don't know. It could be fucking vodka for all they know. And yeah. most of the time people don't give a shit anyways, because they're too worried about themselves. But right. like- Setting ourselves up in those situations for success is like, that's the key to it. It's like preparation for anything. You, you know, you go into a battle, you prepare for it. You go into a game, you prepare for it. You go into whatever you're going into, you have to be prepared or you're not, you're not going to win, you know? Right. I have, I have a very soft spot in me that uh, for people who, who are struggling, but want want answers on how to get better um there's i feel like there's a big difference in people who are struggling and are okay with that um and you know i I guess i know those people whenever i see them um who are just kind of like woohoo i don't care whatever um and you're just kind of like yeah man just blindly go through life whatever you're doing uh good luck yeah and uh, uh then you're like, Hey, I'm going to put my resources into this one. Um, because I know it's, they're hurting. Um, yeah. And, or I know they want the help. I know they actually want the help. You know, that's a, that's something too. Right. And I think, uh, the big thing is too, it's whenever like, like myself, whenever I went through rehab was I was put in a situation where, I didn't have, I had a choice. I had a choice whether to go to rehab or, or probably end up in jail at some point because of a DUI or something like that. And I ultimately was like, something overtook my body and, and said, I I remember not, you know, like making the decision on my own. I feel like there was something, something over me. And I wrote, write about it a little bit in my book. Um, it, my reference was to a bear in a closet that uh, it was my warmth at the time was like, uh-huh. hey, there's strength behind this door. You just have to fucking have the balls to open it. Yeah. And and so eventually did open it. And that's 
that's where I find myself in, in a lot of situations and trying to tell people that too. It's like, you're, you're going to know when it's time. And yeah. in the back of your mind, if you're trying to get sober or, you know, you need to be sober, there's a difference between needing to know you need to be sober and making the decision that it's time. Yeah, totally. And totally. It's... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say it's two, it's just two, two totally different, you know, paths, different ways, different thoughts. Right. The, the people who are there, uh, and probably what I'm referencing here are the people that are, they've made their mind up, but there's a part of your body that goes on autopilot and just continues yeah. drinking. Um, sure. And, and it, your body hurts and you're just like, fuck it. If I put more alcohol on it, that hurt will go away. Um, yeah. And shutting off your brain and just going into that autopilot, doing the same shit all the time. And those are the people that I want to help. I think that that's the point. Yeah. That's probably more, that's probably a better way to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. It's cuz they're hurting. They're hurting on the inside. I know what they're feeling in my body and it's like mm -hmm. my body overtakes what they're feeling. And I don't really get that feeling a whole lot. Like I'm yeah. not in tune with my emotions very very well. Um, yeah. But I let my body go to those emotions because Yeah. Obviously it means a lot to me. Um so to go back to what you were kind of talking about with like being in tune with, with your emotions and like trying to get better at, at that, the whole thing come full circle is, is just that I've kind of tapped into what you're always talking about on your podcast. It's like it's getting awesome, more man. in tune with family and like a higher power and, and all of this. Good man. And it's taken me to, um, uh, well, I'll be 38 monday um oh nice to, dude happy early birthday bro <laughs> <laughs> hey thanks man Sick. Uh, yeah to understand it and i still don't yeah. if that makes sense i'm just i don't i don't either by the way me. yeah <laughs> i don't either J just so you know like i i have questions and i have thoughts about it and i ask why still sometimes i've cut a lot i've cut down on the whys a lot and the one thing i realized is well two things when I, when I'm helping people and when I love people, I feel better. You know what I mean? And God always gives me what I need in the process of that inadvertently, you know, it always works out. And so I've been really trying to simplify it in those terms because I've had a lot of questions about everything, dude, about the Bible, about God, about, you know, is this real? Is it fake? What, I mean, all kinds, I mean, over the years, like it's gone all over the place, you know? And at the end of the day, I really don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> I only know, I only know what I've been told, or I only, I only can think about what I've been told, but I only know truth, 100% reality to be what's right in front of me at any, right now in this moment. And then in my past, so my experience, you know, and, and what I believe, I guess, too, is truth, because I, I do believe, you know, in, in God, I believe that there is a, a something higher, like I, I do believe that, but at, like my human mind wants to try to figure it out. And I just don't know, you know, but like I said, that, that, and that's what pulls me back into like, okay, what I do know is if I'm helping people, and I love on people starting with my inner circle, my family, my kids, my wife, and then outward from there, 
I feel better, you know, and it takes me out of my own bullshit too. I, I think that's a good point or a good talking point too, is, is going back to religion and God and, and all of that. Of course, I believe that there's a, of course, a higher power. I don't know that I put a, a face on it or anything like that because my brain is just yeah. probably like yours too, as well, trying to understand it. And my brain doesn't know how, because it's yeah. not, not, we try to, life. But, yeah. it's almost like trying to understand Santa Claus. Well, once you figure it out, it's like, Oh, well, you know, it's. Yeah. Well, I, I think though there too, that there's a big difference between like religion and spirituality too. Like to me, religion is the basis of it was and is designed to control in, in my opinion, like, and you know, you talk about legalism and even if it goes back and I'm not an expert on the topic by any means, but I know enough to know that I don't need um, a priest or a pastor or a politician or whoever the fuck to get to God to like, I can have a relationship with a higher power with God, you know, whatever you, whatever, anyone wants to put a thing on it, a name or whatever, because that lives inside of me. There's something in my spirit that is connected to that, you know? And so I think a lot of people fall away from God and they're scared to say the word or whatever, because religion has really muddled that water for a lot of people. A lot of people that have had bad experiences in church. They grew up with legalistic parents or a, or a priest or a pastor or somebody who hurt them. And that shit's terrible. You know, it's terrible. It, 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 it's happened, you know, how we, we, we see it, we've heard about it. We've heard stories about it. Um, and so I think that skews people's point of view. And, and then, you know, when we start to understand, like when I started, cause I grew up Catholic, I grew up in the Catholic church. I grew up, I did catechism. I did, you know, all that. And I, I have respect for it. Like my, my family, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm bad mouthing it, but what I did, what I did come to realize was like, I, I like, there's a difference between like the, the ritualistic stuff and like a relationship with something higher. And it's so different, you know, and that enabled me to open the door up to like such a wider scope, which when I look back, that is what the control aspect of religion and politics and this whole order of the world doesn't want the common human being to understand, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to know. And that's what alcohol does. Alcohol, you know, that bodying spirit suppresses our consciousness or tax assets in the end of the, at the end of the day to some <laughs> folks. So I'll just stop there before I really start going down a rabbit hole. But like, I mean, I don't know. I love talking about this shit too. So thanks for the opportunity just to have a good convo, bro. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Do you, I don't think it's for us to understand. I think yeah. it's, uh, I, I mean, if, if we did, we, somebody would have figured it out by now. Right. Or, or, or we would have been allowed to figure it out. Like, I, I pray, you know, I, I, yeah. whenever, whenever things are bad, I pray for other people. Um, I try not to pray for myself too much. Um, yeah. just because instinctually, I guess I don't, I don't care unless I'm like trying to win a music award or something. And then I'm like, please God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Show me a little love Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting that, you know, you talk about that because in saying like my human mind is trying to wrap my head around what I'm believing in, 
um, ultimately what my heart is saying, but my human mind is like trying to put a face on it and trying to be like, dude, this doesn't make any fucking sense what you're trying to put into me. So like, what are we doing? And I think that that's where it gets skewed for a lot of people as well. Um, I once went through a, um, I got, um, hypnotized basically at, uh, at a, uh, I went to a psychiatrist. So Uh I was, I was in a court ordered psychiatrist because my parents got divorced when I was like 16 or 17. Um, and uh, so I had, that was part of the case was my mom had to take me to this and he's like, Hey man, do you want to be hypnotized? And I'm like, sure. And, (laughs) uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so we went through this whole thing and there was like, he did some indicator stuff with it, um, throughout the whole process of like, here's how you're going to know if this is true or not. Um, the things that you experienced and two of the three things that, I probably, I, I'd not had, had experienced myself. Um, other people did close to me, but it was things that they hadn't ever talked about. And I shouldn't yeah. have known. I shouldn't have known. Um, and so I brought them up and they're just like, what, how the fuck do you know that? Like, and I'm like <laughs> they're like, I've wow. never told anybody that. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Like, this is just what happened. I'm just sharing this with you. Like, yeah, I, I didn't read your diary um, or anything. So, yeah, um, it kind of goes back to then. And so at the end of the whole deal, there was a part where it's like, hey, you're going to see three people um, oh, that, wow. are, that are your ultimately the people that watch over you um, in your life. Mm. And these three people, I was like, OK, so um, I shared them with my mom. Um, she picked me up at the end and she was like, how do you even know this one person? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so I, it was crazy to me. And so whenever I pray, I pray to, I, I speak to a higher power, higher than obviously myself or anybody that I, you know, in human form and just ask for certain things to go well for someone or ask for certain things to go well in my life to benefit others. Um, and so it's, it's so crazy. It's so hard to wrap your head around and to say that you would study it. I would say that, Hey, that's why you go to church is to study those things to probably better understand it. Uh, churches make me super uncomfortable, but depends what, yeah. I was going to say, you study it. Depends what church you go to. Yeah, yeah <laughs> some are just right. motivational speeches. Some actually right. dig into it. Yeah. So that's 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 cool though that like that you said that because like trying to wrap my mind around what I experienced at that point in my life, I couldn't. I never could, and I yeah. still don't. And to be able to just say well I trust it I have a feeling of trust over me that's like Mm -hmm. I can I'm in this really shitty situation but I know I'm gonna be okay uh there's just there's just a a bear in my closet that's like come on in (laughs) I promise I won't fucking eat you (laughs) that's funny dude I don't know bear (laughs) I don't know bear sorry man yeah that's good stuff bro yeah I don't I don't get it either man I don't the more I try to understand it, the less I do. I know I have my core beliefs and what I and what I believe in. 
Um, I, you know, I know who my God is. I just, I just don't understand it sometimes. And I've given up uh, trying to, you know, and I'm just going to approach the, the whole thing as kind of what I said earlier, if I'm serving people and I love people, I know I, I feel good and I know others feel good. And I know that God provides for me what I need in that. And so I've just been really trying to keep it like that. And if I learn stuff and pick up stuff along the way, which I'm sure I will, because I've, I remain teachable and like, I'm hungry to learn. That's just what I'll keep doing, you know? And like, I, I find it funny. Like people get so mad, like they're when, when people are agnostic or they don't, they don't want anything to do with God. Most of the time they've had a bad experience, number one. So, so most people forget to realize that they have no compassion for that. They don't care about, their story, where they came from, why they feel the way they do. They just care about, you're offending my God. And I say like, do you really fucking think God needs you to defend him? He's God. Like, like yeah. what's, what's wrong with you? Like, come on. <laughs> and so it's, I think it's just, you know, we want to pick up offenses and we want to be right really at the end of the day. That's what it is. I mean, I want to be right. I, I, I'd, I'd be a liar if I said, I don't want to be right. I don't like being right, but I'm learning and I'm getting better it not giving a shit about what other people think and, and not having the need to be right because, and that comes from being able to know myself well enough, you know, now and, and, and being confident enough in my own beliefs and my own um, things that I care to, you know, believe in or like or whatever. And I don't, I don't need to defend them to anybody anymore. I just don't really care. You know, like what everyone's on their own path, do your own thing. As long as you respect me, I respect you too. I don't care. We can have differing beliefs. And I think that's the, that's a lot of the issue. Like when we look at a society, like cultural thing in general, you know, we're so divided between people, you know, this and that my, my way, your way. And um, I don't think that's by accident. Um, at the end of the day though, we're human beings and um, I would argue that most of us want the same thing at the end of the day. You know, we want to be loved. We want to love. We want to like be able to be somewhat comfortable. And, um, you know, we want to be with our family and friends. And at the end of the day, all the divisive shit we see, it's really meaningless. Like <laughs> talks a lot about that in Ecclesiastes. Everything's meaningless at the end of the day, you know, to, to dust we are at the end. Like where the fuck do we go? You know, who knows? But it's a short life. So I'm trying to just live it the best I can and enjoy it and literally enjoy every moment. Like people trip out because I, I, I don't talk about death in a morbid way, but somebody will be bitching about some. I'll say, Hey, you're going to die one day. They're like what the fuck did you say? You're going to yeah. die one day. Is it really that big of a deal? If you were going to die tomorrow, would you, would you be tripping on that? Well, probably not. All right. Well then let it go. Cause you got today to live in and, and it's, it, this is, this too shall pass, you know? really try to hold on to that. It's not easy all the time. I'm definitely not perfect, but I mean, the more I grow and remain teachable, the, the better shit gets. And I know life is life. I'm going to have to face some probably challenging shit, whether it's tomorrow or a year down the road or whatever, whether it's a, who knows, you know, but I guess that's life, you know, I don't know. That's, <clears throat> those are the situations that whenever you get goosebumps and you don't, your body's like fight or flight mode, um the challenging situations and you you have the ability to stand there and say hey i need to do i need to do this to learn a lesson um yeah that's that's a big pivotal point for anybody honestly and that comes totally. back to what what you were talking about is speaking in truths 
that starts with speaking in truth to yourself, not lying about who you are to yourself. Yeah. Yep. And, and I couldn't do that, you know, until yeah, I gave ahead. up alcohol. Well, I, just, I couldn't do that until I gave up alcohol. That's where it started for me, you know. And understanding that you have limitations and being okay with those limitations, you can grow, of course. Yep. Like, I, I recently, like even a scenario recently found myself in a situation and all of my spidey senses were going off. Like we got to get the fuck out of here. And, and I was like, no, we're going to stick this out because the past me wouldn't have stuck this out. I want to see what happens whenever we stay here. Mm. And I wasn't robbing a bank or anything. So it was nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Good to know. Yeah. But I try to put myself and I'm sure that you do as well in those situations where, hey, this is really fucking challenging and I need it. I, I, I got to have this um, or else I lose credibility with who I am. Um, and there's yep. nothing worse than that is looking in the mirror and seeing a, like being ashamed of yourself. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's the worst for running away. But yeah. hey, man. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, um, and uh, I, I knew we'd have our, a great conversation would go somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, it always does. But yep. uh, so where can people find you at? What, uh, how often are you podcasting? What, what's going on? Yeah. There? Yeah. Thanks. So, so first, man, thanks again for having me on. Uh, Justin, that's your co-host name, right? Sorry I missed you, Justin. Uh, man, maybe, maybe <laughs> next time, bro. I'd uh, love to meet you. Um, but yeah, um, you can go to that sober guy.com. I mean, everything's, I'm actually revamping the, the website uh, right now. So I'll probably have that done in the next week or so, just updating some stuff. And um, we got lots of resources there. We have a quit drinking dude course. It's a 30 day course, um, you know, program to help get men on the right track, 30 podcasts in 30 days. Um, we got meetings on there. Um, on Instagram, you can hit me up at that sober guy podcast. And then on the locals, we got the locals men's group um, and all the stuff's on the website. So you can pretty much find anything on there. So thanks again, man, for having me on, dude. I really enjoyed the, the convo. Always good yeah. stuff to chat yeah. with you, bro. Hey, and I did want to throw in there, guys. If you are a hat guy, Shane has some pretty sweet fucking hats on his website. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I've actually got two of them. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the support, man. I know I need to make a new one. I, I, I call it a new, it's a new logo, but it's actually an old logo. It's like the very first one I ever had made. I just never used it. And so I think I'm going to throw it on some t-shirts and some hats uh, coming up here soon. So we'll probably have some new stuff up shortly too. Awesome, man. Well, once again, dude, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. And uh, hey guys, have a good rest of your week and we will see you next week.